Well, the first week of November is here, and we are firmly into crossover season and the fall sports wrapping up, a few fall sports wrapping up. We had golf concluding last week and uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, and now we've got another one in the books with men's soccer being complete. We're off and running with basketball. Uh, I should tell you what we're talking about. This is uh, We're talking about Dort Athletics. Uh, myself, Mike Biker, and Matt Boss are talking about uh, today's or this week week's uh, competitions, the week that was and the week that will be, and we are missing our, our trusty stat man and detail person, Bradley Lackman, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to get by without him this week, and uh, we begin by taking a look at one sport that has concluded, and Matt, that was men's soccer. Uh, they wrapped things up last Saturday playing Hastings, ended up, what was it, 2 nothing ended up being the final? 2 nothing was the final, but uh, a nice showing by the uh, defender men to close the regular season. That's always a tough trip, making that long six, five-and-a-half-hour trip, but uh, pretty good showing by, by the men's soccer and they they battled it was one nothing at halftime it was one nothing most of that first half and then uh, Hastings got a second goal uh, for the men's soccer team obviously uh, they had higher aspirations than where they ended up they wanted to make conference playoffs uh, they were realistic in that you know what we got to get to seven or eight and that means we have to beat everyone we're supposed to beat and then knock off one or two other teams and it, it just didn't happen for the defender men this season they were in a lot of games uh, but uh, just one or two things a goal scored here and there and j just came up short in a lot of close uh, close games nice wins over Midland and Doan but uh yeah uh, just uh, just fell short in the end. Yeah, I think that uh, was it. Dakota Wesleyan that got him pretty good, and that one that one made it really difficult. And when you play the single round robin in the conference schedule as well, it it changes the dynamic of your conference schedule so much because those games become twice as important than a sport like basketball or a sport like baseball and softball. Yeah, you, you get one chance, and if you don't have it that day. Yeah, you got to make it up and defeat somebody maybe you're not supposed to. And the Dakota Wesleyan game, presentation game, those are ones that maybe uh, we were hoping to get but just came up short. Women's soccer into the playoffs, and they got a little help on Saturday. Uh, it was odd in that uh, we were not counting on a presentation over College of St. Mary win, but presentation got a goal early in that contest. It stood up the rest of the way, and Dort went into the Hastings contest knowing that they were in the conference playoffs. And unfortunately for Dort, the way that one started, they kind of played like a team that knew they were in the playoffs and got down big early. Sluggish start for whatever reason. Uh, we did tie it at one, but then Hastings went off and scored three unanswered goals, got out to a big 4-1 to one lead, but... And there's a but here. Dort came back with two late goals and made that interesting in the end. Yeah, they had about 10 minutes where they could have tied it. And obviously, uh, we follow soccer enough to know that 10 minutes really isn't that long to build something up. But you have momentum and maybe a force overtime wasn't to be 4-3 the final. And uh, you and I both commented that the good thing that came out of that contest, we would love to see Avril become score a goal or two, but some other players were able to find the net. And that's that's going to come up big because everyone knows about Avril at, at this point in the season. 21 goals, 5 assists, that speaks for itself. But, yes, uh, Coach Durbin had other players step up, and that's going to be huge uh, coming up against uh, today's match. They play Jamestown this evening. It'll be a 6 o'clock start time up north. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Dort sneaks in as the number 8 seed. Jamestown is the number 1 seed. 
what was the final when they played the first time around? Two nothing. Yeah, so it, it's not a it's not a complete mismatch. Uh, there are opportunities there, but obviously the dynamics of traveling that can be challenging, and the dynamics of taking a young team into conference playoff action for the first time, where it's more physical and it is more intense. There is no substitute for the learning, and I'm sure this team will learn some things tonight. Coach Durbin has planned this trip out. They're going to take some breaks. They're going to stop somewhere and maybe stretch the legs, get a little workout in up there. And, yeah, it's a long trip against a very good Jamestown team. Uh, hopefully Dort can come away with a win. Volleyball season, uh, the regular season concluding, the Defender women playing Midland. I, I don't know that the uh, Defender women could play a lot better than they did in that Saturday afternoon match with Midland. It was there for the taking, had a chance. Uh, they were digging everything. They were getting into system with their setters. Uh, attackers were playing well. At the end of it all, Midland, a very good team, and their outside hitter, Flores, uh, made life very challenging for us. She's she's a special player. She's really good, both front row as an attacker, but she's she's elite in the back row. She's something to watch. And I thought the down official, I can't remember her name, said it best after the match. She said, wow, that was good volleyball. Both teams played at a high level. Very high level. And then the defenders uh, played Briarcliff on Tuesday evening, and that was a match. Uh, you look back, September 1, when the two teams played, Dort had some challenges with uh, Briarcliff as well. Tuesday had some challenges as well, and it, it wasn't any one thing, and I don't know how many times Coach Chad Hansen and I have talked about it. It's never any one thing. It's just a lot of little things that add up to that whole big result and fortunately for the defenders they had to go to extra points twice they came out on the winning side of both of those and came away with a 3-1 win and make the playoffs at a time two or three weeks ago we were looking at each other saying I'm not sure this team is going to get in yeah uh, Briarcliff's a, a good team they have some pieces and they can make life difficult for us uh, for for you um, but Dort yeah, uh, as, as a number uh, seven seed, uh, we'll see what happens in the postseason. At College of St. Mary, a team Dort played a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that was Defender Days, and Dort, that's one of those matches they'd like to have back. The Defenders didn't play exceptionally well that day. They have played better, obviously, the last few weeks, uh, beating Doan, Hastings on the road. They've got the road win over Concordia, uh, battling Midland at very tough, beating Northwestern on the road. I think the possibility is there for a number seven to beat a number two. Obviously, we'll need to play well because the College of St. Mary has proven over the course of a 16-match schedule at 12-4, and four, they're a very good ball club. They have some nice wins. They have played at a very high level. Coach Pruitt will have them ready to go, and it's kind of a tough gym uh, to play in. It's a unique uh, setting, a unique environment, and uh, but uh, Dort will be ready. Seating on one side at the Lead Fitness Center, and I've been there many times. And uh, College of St. Mary, for those who followed volleyball recently, they don't remember the glory days of the Flames when uh, the old regional days, Dort would go down there and battle and 
College of St. Mary. That was when Paul Gieselman was there as the head coach. He's now over at Midland. I'm showing my age. It'll be a good, uh, I think it'll be a good match on Saturday for the defenders. That'll be a three o'clock start. And due to that three o'clock start, we're not able to send anyone down there. We've got a lot of things going on locally and we'll get to those in just a moment. So the women's volleyball, three o'clock, you'll have to watch the webcast. We'll keep you up to date, but uh, you'll have to watch the College of St. Mary webcast for that one. One of the reasons we can't make that trip, football at home, 1 o'clock start time, Briarcliff Chargers. We go back to last Saturday, and I'm not sure how much we want to revisit last Saturday because uh, Northwestern was very good. Uh, The defenders weren't bad. I just couldn't get off the field defensively. I mean, if there's if there's one part of it that you'd like to say we could be better, that'd be on the defensive side. Yeah, the defense. I don't know if they. Yeah, Northwestern just executed. They they did what they wanted to do on the offensive end and made life difficult for the defender defense offensively. Dort, you can take away that you moved the ball, you were able to score points, couple turnovers. of mis- yeah turnovers, turnovers, couple of mistakes. And you're trading points all game long, and then if you come up empty on a possession, you fall behind. Yeah, and that's that's something that we haven't felt like we have had to do up to that point this year. Four and five years ago, we were kind of in that situation, getting into shootouts, and it would just get wild. That hasn't been the case recently. And uh, Dort playing Briarcliff this week. Briarcliff, I believe they got a win recently, so they're feeling pretty good about themselves. Uh, up here in Sioux Center, uh, for the defenders, it's a matter of just trying to finish finish out the year, finish 7-3, and three, hit the recruiting trail, and uh, try to get better once again. And uh, you're still chasing those two teams right now, Northwestern and Morningside. It'll be good to play on our home field again. Uh, it's been two weeks away, uh, two tough road games at Morningside, at Northwestern. It'll be good to be on our home field. Women's basketball, when we talked last Thursday or last week, uh, was I home from Grandview? I think we did it on Friday, so I was back from Grandview. So we talked about that. They played Dakota State on Tuesday, and you had the opportunity to watch that game, Matt. And uh, for the first half, looked like uh, really play, execu- played very well. Third quarter, Dakota State made a little run, and it was a five-point difference at the end of the third quarter, much the same as it was with Grandview just a few days earlier. And this time, uh, the Defender women responded well. They, they responded really well. They got uh, great contributions from their bench. Uh, if I had to sum it up, offensive rebounding played a big role. A lot of second-chance opportunities. Someone said they were just simply relentless. And Ashton Verbeek, uh, she was a tough matchup for the opponent in the paint. I think she registered another double-double. 24 points, 12 rebounds. Carly Gustafson got some points and was one of those offensive rebounders. And then Janie Sconehoven coming off of the bench played probably her best game as a defender thus far. It's game number three, but she scored 14 points. And the thing that she does, and the little bit I watched the other night, she does it without taking shots away from other people. She she knows where to be. She understands rebounding really well, and that's how she gets it done. She gets those second-chance opportunities. The women are off now until next week and a long layoff actually for both basketball teams. And I should go back and say uh, the defender women have not shot the ball well yet for three-pointer uh, from the outside. 
When that begins to happen, and I firmly believe it will, uh, that's going to change the complexion of things. But Macy Nielsen hit a big three-pointer to uh, to help the defenders in that comeback effort. And uh, it doesn't take many, but uh, when those start to fall, and again, I say I believe they will, that's going to be a pretty fun team to watch. It will be. It's going to open up the middle, and you have Gustafson, you have Verbeek down low, and uh, you have the the driving game or the penetration of Shemaleski. It'll be a, a fun team. Men's basketball, um, we said after, what, those four games, uh, this can't continue. Someone's going to slow them down, and Dakota State tried to do that on Tuesday evening. And for for the better part of the first half, it really worked. It sure did, and Coach Van Haften uh, in the post game said, we were waiting for a team to do this to us, and this is good because this is what we're going to see in the GPAC. Yeah, the GPAC – I think back to, I believe uh, the player would have been Trevor Walterstorff was a freshman, and we, uh, the men's team ran roughshod through the preseason. We went on the beat William Penn, I believe it was 104 to 92, something like that. We got off to a fast start, and then we got to conference play, and it was a reality check for those young players, and we battled, and I think we were 500 in that conference season. The games before conference play are truly preseason games. And if they don't prepare you for conference play, they really don't do you any good. That's correct. Um, Dort's been able to run up and down, play some high-scoring games. Dakota State's going to take the shot clock down. Each possession is a grind, and that's the kind of basketball it was Tuesday night. And at, uh, what did we have? Cade Bleeker ended up with 18 or, or Bryce Coppock. Coppock yep. ended up with 18 or 20. I'm not sure the total there. Uh, Cade Bleeker knocked down some shots as well. Uh, they did get up-tempo, but I think what we saw was more what we'll see in conference play. But the the thing about this team, and I, I don't know if it was you that said it, Matt, or someone else, this team has the potential in their starting lineup, really four guys that could score 25 to 30 on any given night. And they're unselfish as well, and they're fine with sharing the basketball. Should mention Camden Bielis off the bench. Yeah. He had a huge game against Dakota State, and we needed every one of those points and every one of those minutes. Men's basketball off to a 4-1 and one start. They will resume play next week as well in Orange City at the Northwestern Classic. And uh, the women, they have a home game with Bellevue coming up. I'm, I'm sorry, a road game with Bellevue on Tuesday. And so they squeeze one in before getting to that Northwestern Red Raider Classic. That's women's and men's basketball. Hockey had the weekend off. They're playing Iowa State. They'll play Iowa State on Friday night at home. They're on the road on Saturday. And for the hockey team. Uh, we'll see if they can keep things rolling. They're off to a great start. Women's golf and men's golf. Spring schedules are up. John Crane sent those to me, so uh, it's always good to plug those in and think, oh, it's going to be warmer when golf plays, we hope. But uh, that's in March and April. And uh, work on the golf simulator, the uh, the golf uh uh, the golf facility here at the rec center is underway, and uh, I think we're on track that by after Thanksgiving, we're going to be awfully close to that being finished. One final event that we need to talk about, and this is the biggest event of the week, in my opinion, that's cross-country, where the GPAC championships take place on Saturday in Orange City, and that is a 
10, 10.45. 45 start for the women, and the men will get started at about 11.30, I believe. Correct. That's all happening at Landsmere Golf Course, and it looks... I looked at the weather last night. This is Thursday. I looked at the weather on Wednesday. Looks like a great day, a great morning for running. The temperatures keep climbing. Uh, earlier, last last week I was looking at it, it was going to be in the 30s. We're up to about 40 or 50, which will be nice for the runners, but also for the fans. Yeah, they won't have to stand out there and freeze. And uh, I, I think the women and men are the prohibitive favorites. Uh, everything this season and especially the last meet at Yankton, kind of points towards that. But at the same time, there are those butterflies, and every runner I've talked to this week has basically said, I wish we were running today. They, it, It's a long week for them. It is. Uh, you know, they haven't ran competitively for two weeks now, and this week leading up to it, a lot of nerves, and you wonder if you're healthy. You just hope that you're in good health. Um, we'll see what the defenders can do. Yeah, and uh, that'll be uh, very interesting to watch. Uh, it's going to be an exciting day, I believe. And the uh, cross-country team has had a fantastic season up to this point. And uh, it all funnels down to these last couple of weeks. And uh, Nationals will be two weeks from tomorrow on Friday as well. And that's happening out on the West Coast. And we had an opportunity uh, I believe Bradley Lackman talked to Nate Wolf earlier about the conferences or about the season and then the conference meet. And uh, you're going to hear from him next uh, visiting with cross country coach Nate Wolf. Hi, everyone. We have cross-country head coach Nate Wolf joining us today to talk about the upcoming GPAC championships. Coach Wolf, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me. Uh, can you talk about the season so far, um, the competition in the GPAC, as well as the experiences at larger meets like the Augustana Twilight and Roy Griak? Yeah, the conference this year, um, our women's side of the conference is um, probably as deep as it's been since 2017. Uh, I think there's easily four um, to five teams that could could compete at the national meet. I'm not sure that our conference will get that many teams to the nationals, but it would be a, a equivalent um, to probably 2017 when we had four teams that made it in. So it's been a, a good year at the conference meet or conference level for our, our women's side. On the men's side, you know, the GPAC's always a, a quality conference. Our men this year have been really focused and have performed really well against the teams from the conference. And so um, have kind of you know set themselves apart at this point of the season and hopefully that continues for the next few weeks but you know we we really went because of the the types of teams that we we felt like we could develop this year we went to the Augustana Twilight uh, which we haven't been to for uh, several years actually and I got an opportunity just to run in a large mass of of bodies um, there was 300 and I think there's 370 runners or something like that there um, a lot of turning, um, so racing position was really important. Um, our men went and raced incredibly well there, um, you know, finishing um, third. We beat several Division One and Division Two teams. Um, I think really we're able to gain some good experience as we look at the, the national meet and what that potentially could hold for them. The women um, were the opposite of that. They actually uh, did not get out very well found themselves in a pretty big hole um, after a thousand meters and then had to work out of that. They, they raced really well, 
but because of the way that the race started for them, um, it, it just was a good learning experience. And so really for both teams, I think we were able to get the type of experience that we needed um, as we looked to um, the GRIAC meet a few weeks later. And both teams, I think, responded to that um, pretty well. Um, the men were a little bit tired, but raced pretty well. I felt like um, we were our best finish at that the GRIAC meet that we've ever had, finishing seventh. The ability, I think, to kind of, we, we called it shadowing, to be able to shadow kind of the positions that we wanted within the race, I think, was was really helpful. I think, uh, again, as we looked look back to the Augie Twilight, I think that was something that the men learned. Um, the women um, really went out and asserted themselves well in that field, um, which I think is uh, was, was quite different from what they had at the Twilight. And we, we talked quite a bit coming off of the Augie Twilight about that and importance of being able to be assertive, um, controlled, but assertive. Um, and, the, and the women went and finished, I think it was 10th or 11th. I don't remember exactly um, offhand, but um, it beat a, a team that was from the NAI, Indiana Wesleyan, that was ranked ahead of us. Um, and that was really important for our team at that point. And so um, those two meets, I think, really gave us quite a bit of confidence um, or built our confidence as we, we saw the change from the first meet to the second meet. And, you know, hopefully we'll be um, if, if we're fortunate enough to make it to the national meet on, on either side, will be um, races that we can point to in terms of experience and, and um, help us as we race at the, uh, uh, again, a similar, really a very similar field um, to probably both of those meets at the national meet. And let's talk about the men's team. They've had an outstanding season. They have a lot of depth, and they've recorded perfect scores at the last two meets. Uh, what's the outlook for the men's team at the GPACs, and uh, what is your expected lineup? Yeah, you know, I think um, the men's team is is um, a pretty special group. You know, I, I'm fond of saying every year to my team, you know, every team is different, um, even if you have the same people back. And we have a lot of the same people back, but but one of the things that this men's team has done, you know, discipline is really just focused effort and focused attention. And this group has been incredibly disciplined. Their focus, their effort has been probably greater than any team men or women that I've had. And not just the top one or two athletes. I've had athletes that have done that, but but really through the 13th, 14th, 15th runners and even beyond that, they have just dialed in and done the work that, that is in front of them and... I think they've made a ton of sacrifices this semester, this season. And so, um, yeah, they're running really well here at the end. Uh, we have a few people. Um, we had somebody sprain their ankle on a run yesterday, you know, so there's things that can happen here before we're done. But they've they've been incredibly healthy. Um, and I think at this time of the year, to be both healthy, um, fit, and then add talent on top of that, I think um, is um, – has led to some really good performances here the last two meets. I think, um, you know, going into the conference meet, we, we really just want to run our best race and, and not worry about much else, um, see where that puts us. Um, I think if they run their best, you know, they can they can compete to be a conference championship team. Um, and then as you go to nationals, um, you're really hoping for the same thing. If we can line up on the line healthy, um, healthier than anybody else, or as healthy as, as possible. I think, um, I think the outlook for this team is, is to be, um, hopefully the most successful men's team that we've had at the national meet, but we got to get there first. And then, um, we have to have a few things go well on the way there. So, you know, we'll see, we got some, got some work to do there. And how about for the women's team? They're coming off a win at Mount Marty and are also, uh, performing well coming up to the GPAC meet. Yeah, the women, you know, return and 
I think as a case of what I said earlier, you can have the same team back and um, it's still a different team, even if it's the same, the same bodies, the same people. You know, we have that. We have everybody who ran at the national meet last year in, in April back. That group was was second at, uh, with really about a thousand meters to go. Ended up eighth. But we've had a little bit of, a, a little bit of, of adversity as we've gone through the year. Um, Annika Homan has dealt with some injuries, but she's back and running really really well. But I think we've had to to build her confidence in terms of her ability to race and to race fast. I think Mount Marty was a really good opportunity for that. She ran really, really well. Um, I anticipate her running better and better the next two meets. You know, I think we've had to to figure out, you know, um, in terms of just um, leadership going into a meet. Um, what does that look like? Last year we had uh, Jordan Boss and she was injured um, at the con- or at the national meet, so she didn't, didn't race. But her absence, I think, is something, she's such a good leader that I think her absence is something that the women have had to, to work through. Um, they've done that um, and done that really well. Um, you know who's gonna who's gonna talk? Who's gonna who's gonna be the people that that get things organized? And and so I think that that the the women's team is the the team that we thought we we would have at the start of the year. Here as we finish the season, I think the race at Mount Marty is a was a, a team that was just starting to come into its own. I anticipate just being around them. Um, that that their best two races are ahead of them, um, assuming that they get two races. I think conference can be the best race to this point of the season for them. And um, I think, you know, kind of like the men's team, um, they've been incredibly um, hardworking this year. Um, this year's women's team has ran, ran more miles than any women's team that I've ever had. And so they're really uh, quite incredibly well prepared. Um, and so we, we look forward to hopefully having that translate on on next week, Saturday, to, you know, the best race of the year. Uh, Jessica Campman has led the pack for your team in each meet so far this year. Can you talk about the steps she's taken to prepare throughout the season? Yeah, you know, Jessica last year um, coming into the season was coming off. Um, so her senior year of high school, um, she tore her, her ACL playing basketball, and her freshman year of college was was basically just um, rehab. And so um, we, we were just getting ready to start having her um, race uh, and then COVID hit and we, everybody, you know, the world took a break. Um, I think that in a lot of ways was maybe really good for her. She went home and she just started running and her sophomore year, this last year, um, you could see it every week. She just was stronger. Um, and that, that was not only through the cross country season, but that was through the outdoor track season. She picked up a little bit of an injury coming off of the, the track season and I really think, um, you know, she went to the national meet, but she would have probably gone to nationals in the steeplechase. And I think had would have had a, an excellent chance to be an All-American in outdoor nationals as a sophomore. I think that really fueled her. Um, and this summer, um, she worked, and then she ran. And those were the two things she did. If she wasn't working or running, she was sleeping. And she just put in a, a phenomenal summer of training. Came back incredibly just fit and strong and... I'm confident and, you know, ran that first race, I think really kind of surprised herself where she was at, at, at Augustana, where she was a, a top 10 athlete in a field of 300 some athletes that included division one and division two runners and some of the best at those levels. And I think that almost, almost, you know, shocked her to the point where the, the next meet, she almost didn't, 
didn't know how she was supposed to run. Um, and so she's had to work through that. What's it look like being a runner who, who can run at her capacity and, and run at her level? And um, she's just continually taking on a, a, an attitude of trying to learn what she can do better. But her training all season has been on point. And, and um, these last few weeks, some of the things that I've seen her do in, in her workouts, I haven't I haven't seen anybody do. And, you know, a few years ago, we had a couple gals that finished in the top 10 in the nation. I don't know that she'll finish there, but she's definitely running at the type of level where, you know, she's, she's as high as anybody that I've coached at, at Dort. Um, so that's really fun to see and to see that work that she's just put in um, over months and months um, pay off for her. Last year, the women's team won the GPAC title and the men are hoping to win their third in a row. What do you credit as the key to success for the Dort cross country programs? I think this, the, the, the teams are really willing to sacrifice, you know, they go on vacation in the summer and their families put their vacation day on hold. So their team, so, so that the athletes can go get a run in, they get here. I'm sure that there are things that they would like to do, but they know that we got a Saturday morning workout and they take care of themselves for that. I, um, we've talked a lot this year about just the importance of recovery. And when we have a hard meet, you know, you kind of want to reward yourself by staying up late and those types of things. And, and I think they have done a really good job of going, you know what, we need to, we need to recover. We're training. Um, I, I, again, this group has put in more miles than any team, both men and women than any team that I've ever had. The women, from just the start of the the school year till now have ran around 570 miles that's from here to casper wyoming by the most direct route um the guys have put in over a thousand they, they basically have ran to salt lake city utah and so you know that that just takes a lot of a lot of discipline but a lot of sacrifice and i think um you know they deserve they deserve all the credit for for the success that that they've had i tell athletes all the time that really good athletes make coaches look look good and look smart and um, but they're the ones that have to have to do the work and have to make the decisions um, to do what they're they're doing and this these last few years we've been really blessed to have athletes that have consistently made those those decisions and made those sacrifices coach wolf thank you for taking some time this morning to preview the gpac championships and we'll look forward to seeing your teams compete next weekend yeah thank you This has been Defender Discussions. Watch for future releases on the Dort Athletics website and on our social media outlets.